This episode of The Modern People Leader is brought to you by MetaView, the AI assistant for interviewing. MetaView captures and summarizes every nugget of gold from interviews so that your recruiters can leave note-taking behind and focus on what matters most, building authentic relationships with candidates and helping hiring managers find that perfect fit for your organization. Unlike humans, MetaView never gets tired, doesn't forget anything, and structures the notes perfectly for you to review and make decisions based on. Join recruiting leaders at companies like Brex, Robinhood, and Quora, and try MetaView for free. Just head over to metaview.ai slash MPL to get started. That's metaview.ai slash MPL. You're listening to the Modern People Leader Podcast. Today's episode will be a part of our People Leader Series, where we go behind the scenes with today's top HR leaders and talk to them about how they've gotten to where they're at and what they really do every day. Our guest today is Roz Francis-Harris, VP of Talent Acquisition at Zillow. Roz, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Daniel. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I think this is like, what, two or three months in the making. So we we had Bernard Coleman on the show, must have been three or four months ago. And you were the one person that he was like, you need to have her on the show. And um, here we are. I'm glad that he put us in touch. And we're so excited to have you today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Bernard is probably one of the best human. He's the best of us on this planet. So, uh, you, you know, what I, was I'm glad you had him on the show? You know, what was so unexpected about Bernard. I briefly ran into him at Transform a few months ago and I expected him to be tall, like six, two, six, three, <laughs> but I wasn't expecting for him to be like six, six. He's yeah. so tall. I yeah. did not expect that at all. It throws everyone off how tall he is. Because when you meet him on a Zoom, right? He, he's also so gentle. And he's yeah, so and he is. And then you see him and you're like, whoa, what team did you play for? Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I've heard that he has strong shoe game too. I don't know who told oh, me that. It's, it's, it's a good shoe game. It's okay. legit. I'll have to compare with him. Um, cool. The well, things we learn about our guests when we have their, their network join us. Love yeah. it. Yeah. He's great. Air Max Day, he always goes out on Facebook. Like whenever I see his post for the annual Air Max Day, it's legit. He goes in the archives every year. Uh, I'm gonna have so, to go stock. He he's the and person just... that I'm competing with on the Nike app trying to get the the, the new releases. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, we we start every show with good news stories, just a way to start the show on a positive note. And it could be a personal good news story, it could be a work-related good news story just anything that comes to mind. And we typically like to have our guests go first. So if you have something, we'll let you go. If not, and you need to stall, let us know and we can jump in. No, 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 I don't need to stall. You know, it's it's Pride Month, which is, I'm, I'm also, I identify as a lesbian, my pronouns are she, her, hers. And so this month to be, to make an appearance on the fourth annual Queer 50 list by Fast Company was kind of dope for me. I was pretty pumped to be on that list with some amazing people, Freddie Griner, who I just saw play two nights ago when they played the storm here in town. So that, that was that was pretty dope. I was pretty excited about that. That is awesome. You just sent me that link. So yeah, well, who, who were some of the other names on there? I mean, if Brittany uh, was on there. Yeah, you know, LaFawn Davis, she's over at Indeed.com, SVP. LaFawn's been doing her thing for a long time. She's incredible. I uh, was on that list, uh, just to name a couple. And Brittany Griner, you can't really... yeah. Really I don't know it. how you can top that. You can't, there is no topic. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good company for sure. Yes. Uh, Steven, you want me to go next? Yeah, sure. Okay. Get it. So this weekend I'm going to Boulder and I'm going with a group of like 10 guys. Every year we do an annual trip and uh, we go to a dead end company show. So grateful dead. I'm not personally like a huge fan of the dead. But one of our good friends that passed away a few years ago was a huge Dead fan. So every year since his passing, we've done like this annual friend group trip. And it's just always a great time because not only are we like honoring him by going and doing this, this trip, but a lot of my friends live all over the country. I see them maybe once or twice a year. So I'm really excited for this weekend. I love that. I love that. And it's it might be the last tour they do together, question mark. Yeah, they're they're saying it's the last tour, but I don't know if it's just the last tour of like this iteration of the brand of the band. 
like who knows if they're going to just like yeah. slightly rename it next year and continue continue going on tour that that checks out well yeah. my good news is not nearly as exciting as the two of you but in my family it's really big news and that is we're getting the final preparations ready for cousin camp next week <laughs> this what is, is that? a camp my we do it on my mom's side and it is there are not a lot of cousins like on the Huerta side our paternal side Daniel and I have so many cousins like everyone's our cousin on my mom's side it's just like a handful and so every year we get together we started doing it during covid in 2020 and and so this year we have like this castle outside of Austin it looks amazing my daughter Astrid she's 13 she illustrated the t-shirts for cousin camp so we're getting those that the final production should be done this week so everything's a go everyone's excited for for cousin camp this year well i disagree i think that was the most exciting of all as someone who has a lot of cousins and every summer we got together we didn't have a name for it and we definitely didn't have a cousin who illustrated t-shirts but that's (laughs) the best memories man that's awesome i love that and Steven, we still need to we still need to schedule the the uh, Huerta men cousins trip. So Stephen has like this vision. I'll let you share the vision. Yeah, I have this vision of all the Huerta men getting together for a cruise because uh, it only seems like we get together for for like funerals, like these really sad things, and it's always also a celebration, but. You know, I, I really feel, and I'm going to put energy. I'm, I'm already, I've, I've kind of hit a brick wall somewhat, but I'm going to keep pushing because I think we need to celebrate. You know, the positive times as well. Yeah. So. And, and by the way, we're not being uh, exclusive of the women in the family. We just don't have any on the Huerta side. It's all men. Like my oh, dad yeah. has two brothers, uh, Steven's dad, and my grandpa. I think how many men are there? Like it's a lot. Six, it's a lot seven. of what Bart does. Yeah. 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 And then I so, have two brothers. Yeah. Well, Roz, you've worked for some amazing brands um, from Nordstrom to Microsoft to IBM to Slack to HBO Max, who I guess is now just Max. Worms. <laughs> and, and now you're at Zillow. And um, this is always like, you know, personally, my favorite part of the conversation, just hearing the the story and, and the journey. So if you could give us like some of the highlights over the past four or five companies that you've worked for, like what what are some of those highlights? Yeah, I think the if we had to like theme it or name the last the journey, it's like preparation meets opportunity is is truly what these last handful of years have been. I think um working at Uber, we can start there probably. You can look at my LinkedIn profile for those of you here. Started out as a coordinator. I've been in TA like the whole time. Like that's been my thing. But really working at Uber was probably the first disruptor that I worked for. And then if you look, every company since then has been a disruptor, right? So the bug bit me and I was like, ooh, I like this. Going into an industry, shaking things up, being a little competitive. Doing that on Rideshare was great, right? Helping people move differently. Then I went at Slack as a more of a senior middle management type role, where we were disrupting enterprise software. And it was, we are going to help people collaborate in a way that doesn't force you to get a whole enterprise suite. I'm not going to name names on who does that, but we all know we have some software for free that we don't like to use. And then it was like, great, what can I do that's a little bit more exciting than the last few roles? And the opportunity at HBO Max came up. And that opportunity came up. It was so funny. My wife and I were prepared to move to New York. I was going to work for a totally different company. And HBO came out of nowhere. And my wife was like, well, you got to give them a try. You got to hear what they're talking about. And that disruption was a little bit different, right? They had been the leader in Premier Cable for a long time. But now it's like Netflix is doing this streaming thing. And we got to disrupt them before they disrupt us even further. And it was remarkable. They had a passion for putting black and brown folk behind the camera, right? Who's telling the stories? What stories are we telling? And that's always been a thing too for me. It's it's helping generate more access. And at HBO Max, I got to do that access behind the camera. Zillow came and it was kind of like the perfect merger of all the things that I love to do in the disruption realm, right? We're going to disrupt real estate. But 
for the first time in my career, I was doing it on products and services to me that I felt like really mattered, right? Home is so personal. Home is something that everyone, no matter who you are, needs. And so now to be able to do that disruption, to be able to continue to generate access for more underrepresented communities, to do that on a product that turns the lights on for those industries, for that industry, man, that's just been impactful for me. So like I came in leading tech recruiting at Zillow and the previous TA leader had been here for 18 years. She was their first recruiter. Um, Matter of fact, shout out to Annie Ryan if she's tuning in. And so Annie and I worked very closely for the first year and a half of me being at, at Zillow. And as she was ready to try something new, that's where all this preparation that I had done over these last four or five years kind of came right to the opportunity. And it was one of those moments where we weren't even going to open the search externally. You know, my my boss was like, this is your job. You, you've been preparing for this moment and we've seen what you've done and this is your job. And so I uh, moved into that role and it's been a dream come true. And, and how long ago is that? When you moved uh, we're at we're a year ago, right, right now. Like literally last week was my year mark. Congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. And I, I feel like 99.9% of our audience will have heard of Zillow before, but on the off chance that somebody's listening and they're like, what the heck is Zillow? How would you how would you quickly describe it to them? Yeah. And my dad, by the way, when I told him I got this job, he was like, what's Zillow? Um, and so I think, you know, as someone where housing has mattered so much in my life, whether I was renting, looking for a home, right? Zillow offers all of that, right? And beyond. It's not just searching and finding a house and dreaming about that place in North Carolina on Myrtle Beach. Uh, and seeing how far my Seattle money can go, right? But it's a place where all of your real estate needs can get met. And so that's really how I explain it to my family. When my dad came to visit me, Daniel, I got a chance to like show him the app and like all the things. And so recently we've been looking for a house for him as I'm trying to move him here. And he's using the Zillow app. And I found one that I sent to him last weekend. And he goes, did you notice it was on a, sep- a septic system? And I'm like, no. That's such I, a dad response. How did you how did you how'd you find that? He's like, it's in the it's in the Zillow details. And I was like, oh, okay. So like now I love that he is like falling in love with that transparency, right? That Zillow does for its customers and turns the light on through information. And so seeing my dad go through this journey of learning what Zillow is and actually using it has been great. And so why should me and Steven be jealous that you get to work at Zillow? I feel like you touched on it a bit, but give us like the full pitch. You should be really jealous. Um, you know, it's, I think one thing that I think I think about a lot is weird, you, you know, is death. I always think, you know, there's life and death, right? We, we have a very short amount of time of what we're going to accomplish. I believe that the work that Zillow is doing will actually outlive me. It will outlive a lot of us. And so to be a part of that in your lifetime where you're doing the things you want to do, you're spreading the good, you're creating wealth, you're helping people educate them through information on housing protections, right? Like that makes me feel really good, you know? And that's hard to find, I believe. Employment is tricky, right? People, we got to, we need a check. We got to survive. We need to make money. And I'm just blessed that I get to do that somewhere that I really believe in. And I really believe in what we're doing. Ooh, I'm like ner- nervous and excited because I'm one of those individuals that is like looking. I'm in the very early stages of looking for my next move. And, you know, that the the culture that you're describing is exactly the type of culture I'm looking for. And so I love the comment, the work we're doing will outlive me like that. That's just such a, a cool way to look at the work that you're doing. And it, and it must mean you've done some really cool things. So it must mean that you guys are up to some, some really good things. So I want to talk a little bit about the work you guys are, are doing and I want to start with cloud HQ. So tell us a little bit about cloud HQ, the Genesis and the why behind this program. I think the biggest why behind Cloud HQ is is it's our employees, right? When you recognize the importance of your employees being able to wrap their work around their life and not the other way around, 
and what that could unlock for people, it is magical, Stephen. And as someone who was hired into this model, meaning Zillow had made this pivot, they had made the declaration that we were a Cloud HQ and I was hired into that, it's been life-changing. I will never go back. I would never, this is recorded. I would never go back to working in a non-Cloud HQ environment. True flexibility is empowering our people with choice right? It's the choice to decide how and where they do their best work. And that's something that Zillow does. And, and Stephen, if you're looking for work, I happen to know some people in talent acquisition at Zillow that would love to talk to you. Uh, Let, so let's go. You, you already hit on my number one criteria, and that is it's got to be a cloud HQ type of environment. And that that is like bare minimum. I don't know what category, I don't know, product, I don't know any of that. I just know that that is true to kind of how I want to work and being a co-host on the Modern People Leader, like I'm, I know it exists and I know cultures are thriving out there. So yes, let's please talk after this. And now take us two sidetracked here. And I think if you ask other people leaders, other people, if we're being honest, the reality is the power of choice is what everybody wants. Everyone wants to choose how they work. You know, there are some people who do their best work in an office and we have something for that person. There are people who do their best work at home. And so I think that choice and giving that to employees really matters and is what sets us apart. So you've mentioned like you're in your personal story, there's a lot of different connections that you have to the benefits of a cloud HQ environment. What do you think is the, I guess, most impactful to your life and maybe to others from underrepresented groups or others that don't kind of fit the standard mold? Why is this such a powerful way of, of working from yeah. your perspective? Good question. As someone who, yes, I'm all those things you just mentioned, but I'm from a small town, right? And, and it's, it's called Decent, Mississippi. Uh, look it up. You'll get a kick out of it. You'll be like, wow, this is really a small town. And what the, what's beautiful about a Cloud HQ is we don't ask people to uproot their life. We don't ask you to move cross country for a job. We recognize that there are brilliant, talented folk all over this country. It's extremely important when you're trying to build an innovative product like Zillow, the super app. We have customers in every corner of this country. It's really important to have employees mirror that and also be in every part of this country as well. I was just celebrating with my cousin a couple of weeks ago. We're talking about cousins. So you got me all in it. She is in Jackson, Mississippi and was recently nominated for two Emmy awards. And while her and I were on the phone, I'm like, and look at us from decent Mississippi. And so I know that there are brilliant people everywhere and I want people to feel comfortable. A lot of us were caregivers. We love our families. We love our heritage. I cannot find a good piece of catfish anywhere in Seattle. I know, don't get it. I love sushi and I love salmon and all of the great seafood options we have here, but I love Mississippi catfish and I can't get that, right? And so I want people to know that you can be comfortable and stay where you are and employers will recognize you and come to you. We've, my team and I have been spending a lot of time in Florida and in Georgia and other pockets trying to recruit so that we can help those communities see that, hey, we see you. We see you right where we are, where you are, and we're not asking you to move out west or to New York or to San Francisco, right? We're asking you to stay and do your best work. That's so true. And I feel like 10 years ago, there was this belief that you could only find really talented people in California or New York. And I even sort of like bought into this idea. I thought to myself, maybe I'm not qualified to be a person in tech because I don't live in California or I don't live in New York. But the reality is you're right. There are talented people everywhere. I just think of my wife. She's from Laredo, Texas, which is like a border town in, in Texas. And I think of her and her friend group. She, you know, her best friend, went to Harvard. Her other best friend went to Rice and then got her PhD from Stanford. Um, another best friend went to Duke. It's like, there are smart people everywhere. And if you can allow those people to stay in their hometowns and there's still opportunity for them, I feel like that could be pretty game-changing for for these, these smaller communities. Like I even think about 
my dad and and Steven's dad who are from Falfurious, Texas, a town of 4,500. Like if you grow up in Falfurious and you go to the University of Texas or wherever you go, you don't go back. Like nobody goes back because there's no opportunity. And I feel like if, if we can make it easier for people to go back to their communities, it's only going to be beneficial for those communities. I think Silicon Valley did like the the best branding or brainwashing that anyone could do when it came to talent profiles. Because the funny thing, Daniel, what you described, uh, and I actually met Bernard Coleman when we were both in San Francisco and he relocated there and so had I. And <laughs> when you really got to the core of it and you got to know people, like, you know, it was like, what do you do? Where do you do it at? But when you got to the, where are you from? You learn that everybody that was there, no one was actually from there. They were from Indiana or Texas or Mississippi or North Carolina. We all just moved there because we thought we had to in order to crack a livable wage. In order to make like, have our shot, we had to go to the Bay Area. So maybe it was a marketing employee, whatever it was, it ended up being a thing. So it was real. And I think we we use this this pool method of we're going to pull everybody to this location, and that's how we're going to have success. And I think what we're doing with Cloud HQ is we're pushing opportunity out to everybody, and we're giving everyone access to the same opportunities. And so Daniel, like he mentioned in the the intro, this conversation has been months in the making, and you know over the course of that period, some companies that were a hundred percent committed to a cloud HQ type of, of working environment to totally switch plans, 180 degree switch. And so I know we know that we wouldn't be having this conversation if you guys weren't committed to this. And I guess let's talk a little bit about that. Like, why do you think so many leaders are wavering and the data continues to show that remote hybrid distributed work it, the metrics don't support going back to the office. And yet here we are. And, and you know, if you read the news, you're going to see a lot of various reasons. You know, I'm just curious to get your perspective on that. And, you know, I want to hear a little bit about the, the Zillow leadership. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take this back to interview mode and tell me about your leadership and their commitment <laughs> to Cloud HQ. This is a great question. So, well, seriously, so many companies are going away from it and you guys are doubling down. I love that. Yeah. I, I see it. I see it too. We are doubling down. You know, I think all of us, even those companies that are going return to work, all of us got thrown in the same way, right? The pandemic happened and we had to figure it out. If you guys recall, like back in that time, 2020, March, everyone's remote, right? By like June, we start seeing some reports where it's like, oh, we're going to return to work in this summer or we're going to stay remote and flexible a little bit. No, we're going back in. No, we're staying remote. They kept going back and forth, right? Or as as my CEO, Rich Barton, calls it the hokey pokey of flexibility, right? And so what I appreciate about Rich and Zillow's leadership at that time was true to our core value. We're just going to turn on the lights and give our people some transparency and say, what are we going to do so that we can then help them move forward? And it was a quick it was a decision that they made, Cloud HQ. And then I joined Zillow actually while they were already in that. I joined in January of 2021. And I remember, <laughs> remember when I joined, I was like, wow, there's a lot of surveys coming out. What's all these surveys about? But that's what they were doing. They were trying to hear from the employees on how was this Cloud HQ really impacting them? And what they were seeing is that we wanted the flexibility. Productivity was up. The people were happy. And so it was a situation where we weren't trying to play games with people. And we wanted them to know what was what. And I heard your question about like all these other companies and I can't really speak for the companies, but what I can say about Zillow is we took the time to listen to our employees. We, we took the time to gather feedback, to look at the results and make a decision that set us up for success on this, on this path to becoming this housing super app. And so, you know, I have nothing but love and respect for our leadership because they did what a lot of other leaders are afraid to do right now. And that's listen to their people. Love it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so simple. Just listen to your people. <laughs> and <laughs> so, you know, we, we recently spoke with Q Hamarani, who was the former global head of people operations at Airbnb. 
He led the creation of their Live and Work Anywhere Center of Excellence. When he came onto the show, he talked us through the four elements of, of their program. So I'm curious, you know, similar to the four elements that they have at Airbnb, are there any key pillars or key elements to Cloud HQ that that y'all have sort of like uh, codified or you know embraced? Yeah, we have. So we have eight core values that really Cloud HQ and tech innovation are really rooted within. And I think um, for the sake of this discussion, I won't go through all eight of them, but I will tell you my my top three that I think really inspire inspires, but also a lot of what we continue to do in Cloud HQ are rooted in these three, which is think big, move fast. Uh, my team might say, you think too big, Roz, and move a little too fast. <laughs> but it's one of my favorites because it's encouraging that pioneering spirit, having courage to do things that have never been done before. And that's that's got Rich Barton written all over it, by the way. Do the right thing. That's another one that's my favorite, right? What's best for our customers is best for business. It's best for everyone. And what our customers, and in this case, employees, continue to tell us is that Cloud HQ is working for them. And then the last one, which we talked about a little bit, which is turn on the lights. And that is we're transparent. We are transparent with our employees early on about our commitment to Cloud HQ and flexible work and allowing them to make decisions quickly and early. One thing I didn't share was that we had a lot of employees move. Once once we made that direction, people could choose, you know, um my my mom is sick. I need to be closer to her. Or I miss the beach. I moved from Miami three years ago. And so by giving them having that transparency that we did, people were able to make decisions quick and and, and early about their lives. And I guess one other thing that uh, that Q shared with us, I think they made the decision to compensate everybody the same, regardless of where they live. Is that something that, that you oh, yeah. have embraced no, as no well? One, no one lost money by moving. Uh, that's not something. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? No. <laughs> I, I heard be, some companies did annoyed. do that. Some people move like to Texas and then have to take like a 20% pay cut or yeah. 25 if they were coming from the bank. That would be tragic. No. Uh, we didn't. And we have, I have a phenomenal comp partner here. I won't say his name because they'll start trying to reach out to him. But uh, he and his team did a ton of work to really help us go to national pay bands, similar to what Airbnb described on, uh, when they were on. And, you know, over the last, so, so Cloud HQ was announced, you said in January, 2021. No, uh, so Cloud HQ, I joined in January 2021. You joined in January 2021, yes, okay. No. Cloud HQ was, was announced a few months after we went into lockdown. Okay, and got it. That's right. You said that. Um, yep. What have been, you know, some of the more challenging aspects of this transition? And the reason I asked that, so we had uh, we had two people on from Charterworks. And one thing that we talked about in that episode was that while making this transition is hard, and requires more work and requires us not to be lazy and requires making the implicit explicit. It's still like, you know, the future and I believe the right thing to do, but it does require more work and it, it is challenging. We are trying to figure it out. So I'm just curious, like for, for Zillow, what has been the most challenging aspect of this transition? I mean, all of that, what they just said is true. Uh, there's no playbook for this, right? There, there was no... <laughs> playbook on how to go from being a company rooted in where you have employees in 21 states to becoming a cloud HQ where you have employees and now 49 states. Uh, anyone from Mississippi that is listening, we are hiring and you will be my 50th state. <laughs> we will get that done. Um, I think I mentioned this in my answer earlier. You know, we did a lot of survey when I joined because the challenging piece is, you know, I look at I'm a TA leader. Right. And an ETA leader on her knows you hire for different attributes and competencies. Well, when you go from being a physical in the office to a cloud HQ, those competencies and skills change. What it took to be a successful manager when your whole team is right in front of you versus when you're a manager and your team's distributed across three or four different time zones, that that becomes challenging. And so we are still figuring those things out. I mean, I have to give a huge shout out, and this is someone you might want to have on the podcast too, um, but my my peer who leads talent success here, Karina Colby, 
um, just the work that her and her team are doing to figure that out and to enable us as leaders on leading through distributed environments has been probably some of the challenging, but also most exciting, right? Watching the explosion, and I'm going to use the word explosion of AI and what that will do for teams and productivity and efficiency and watching a people leader like Karina really just own figuring this out for an organization and then building trainings to help scale that to everybody, right? That's been remarkable to see how Zillow um, takes takes that on. It's It's been really awesome to see. I love it. Well, you know, kudos to you all for listening to your your employees and to taking the data. <laughs> we just talked about this in the prior show and how often it doesn't happen. You know, companies are are much better, I feel like, today than they were five, five ten years ago about listening and having a more, a more frequent employee listening kind of approach. But still, too often, companies aren't doing anything with the data. Uh, and they wonder why they're not seeing the results that they're looking for. And many times the data is right there in front of them. And so I love that at Zillow, you're putting your money where your mouth is and you're asking for the feedback and you're taking action. And as the VP of talent acquisition, how have you, have you seen um, you know, an impact to your, your talent pool uh, from a diversity perspective, a DEIB standpoint, what are some of the impacts that you have seen? And, you know, I, I guess, are there any success stories that you can share with us? Oh my goodness. I was hoping you asked this. So I did pull a data point. So if you see me reading down, I want you to have this data. I want other leaders listening to have this data because we have seen some really remarkable stats as a result. So I'm going to compare pre-pandemic, so 2019 to 2022, okay. so you can see those full full scales there. And so in 2022, we had four times more applicants per job posting than in 2019. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. I saw that, Daniel. Jeez. Four times, right? So that, I was that typing that out as you were saying it. <laughs> <laughs> That's already showing you just like, if I can remove the location from a job description, I get four times more applicants. All right. So let me share some, some stats about what that applicant pool actually looked like though. Cause this is the part that like, I'm, I'm, I might start happy dancing because I get happy when I start seeing representation growing. All right, here we go. Let's so go. women have been 52% of applicants and 54% of new hires compared to 42% and 43% respectively, right? Pre-Cloud HQ. Okay. Okay, here's another one. You're ready. Black people have been 11% of new applicants and 14% of new hires compared to 8 and 9% pre-Cloud wow. HQ. Right? Right? Wow. I got more. I got more. I got and more. and, and for, for the audience, every like like half percentage point that you can get in changing that number historically has been good, if not great change. And yeah. so like these numbers are just crushing it. They keep, they keep getting better. Like, I, I right. Tell me more. I cannot shout out my people team more than that, than I, than I do. 10% of applicants and 11% of new hires have been Hispanic or Latinx compared to 8% of each pre-cloud HQ. We're trending in the right direction, right? Everything is going up. When we look at our company representation since 2019, BIPOC representation in our total workforce was at 42% in 2022, right? Which is three percentage points higher than before CloudHQ. Yes. Now, wow. here's, here's one that we might need to talk about and dig into, right? Attrition rates for Black employees declined below the average for all employees for the first time. And that one matters to me. I know you had Bernard on here. You had a few other leaders who have been in that DEI space. There's so much effort around bringing in representation. And when you talk to those teams that are responsible for that work, sometimes you hear the exhaustion with the revolving door. Yeah. As soon as I'm bringing them in, they're tritting out. We've seen so many great experiments, right? I remember one of my favorite experiments was Google's Howard of Howard West, where they where they set up shop is like Howard's West Coast arm and brought in those 50 black engineers. But what we saw after 18 months, they were all a trinity. 
So for us to have attrition below the average for Black employees for the first time also is a testament to Cloud HQ. Why why are Black employees not attrition like they were? I wonder, hmm, what's different? Well, and for years, decades, there's a portion of our community that has been vocal in saying how the, these constructs, how people of color are less likely to go to a New York because of, you know, the 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 family construct and the importance of family and, and some of the things that we were talking about earlier. And so here we are, we changed the rule. You don't have to go to the big city. You can still be at home with near your family and and people start staying longer. I love it. It, I, I want I want that sound clip from Steven so that I can then use that <laughs> in my Thanks for the note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely make that a clip. I want that. And then last last stat that I have for this group, which I think is another one, um, since 2019, representation of our BIPOC employees in director or higher positions has increased by eight percentage points at 27%, right? And so when you when you talk about you remember that that um, I think Meta made it very popular where it was like that PhD uh, mm-hmm. leadership where the PhD mentors sixteen students and each student mentors five and that tree of representation continues to grow. You see that when you put BIPOC folks in leadership, like it's been incredible. I, I love it, and you know the the numbers speak for themselves. And but let's look at the flip side. So you know change is hard. Right. And and I, you know, I think there's a lot of, you know, from the the access to the talent pool to the 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 impact it's having on DEIB, like there's clearly a lot of pros here. So what what do you think what what's was the biggest challenge or since you've been involved, what has been the like biggest learning or like aha, like, ooh, we thought we had this totally nailed, maybe this isn't quite at, you know quite right. Maybe we need to tweak this a little bit. What what's been the biggest uh, the biggest learning for you all? I think uh, specifically for me as a talent attraction leader, I think that biggest learning is you know now your talent strategy shifts, right? And now you have to think about all right. So we opening all these pools, we're moving out, and we've got representation at greater numbers than before. What does it mean though for talent levels? in a distributed environment or Cloud HQ. Um, and so something I'm working through right now is really figuring out that that early and emerging talent, how do we develop them in this Cloud HQ long-term, succession planning. So I wouldn't necessarily call them challenges yet. It's more of like things that you need to consider as you continue to, to commit and double down on a Cloud HQ. And so those are things that like I'm working very closely with my talent success team on as we start to think about like, okay, now that we've found our rhythm, now that we know who we are as a company, what does this mean for these different talent populations? Love it. And so something that you you said earlier, you know, related to the talent success team, I think you, you used the words, the explosion of AI and how that's going to just affect, you know, the people space. And I think in our prep call, if I'm remembering correctly, you said that there were some experiments that y'all were doing with AI. Is that right? experiments uh, we're learning how to use it you mean learning yeah. how to use it maybe that's what you were saying do y'all have any learnings like what what have been the biggest learnings i guess from i, mean, from I have the best of learnings from a ta perspective um and when i say the best of i mean i've been able to see from from my recruiters my sourcers my coordinators are all using this i've been able to see how much more productive they've become um and how much more efficient and so um, what I'm what I'm excited to do is to continue so that I can come back and say like, hey, we've done X, Y, and Z, and here's the improved efficiency numbers that we have. But what I want to say to all other talent leaders out there is embrace conversational and generative AI. Um, embrace it. Learn how to evolve with it. I personally, in my personal and professional life, use ChatGPT at least five hours a day. Like the other night, no joke, the other night, I'm like, oh man, I don't want to read the owl story again tonight to Remington. And so I was like, oh, what what am I doing? I could have chat GPT write me a bedtime story. Like, can we write a bedtime story and include the color yellow and a school bus and bumblebees? Because my son's fascinated with all those things right now. And I said, and please make it 
one minute long because I don't want a long bedtime story. <laughs> and Stephen, it was the most epic story. It was perfect, right? And so like, oh my God. I'm, I'm learning how to use it more in my personal life, but also my professional life too. It's been great. It's been great. In, in your professional life, what are some of the uh, the use cases for like a talent leader? I just did 13 talent reviews in probably four hours. Wow. It's normally taking me a couple of days. My favorite way of using this is using it more as a summarization, right? When yes. you, you know what I mean, right? That's how I, I use to, it. I don't want you to go and like tell me and, and start making decisions. That That's a bit much, but more like if I have this giant body of work, right? I have someone's, I'm documenting someone's entire year. Yeah. Half a year. Help me summarize this content for a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Yeah. Done, right? Or taking a transcript from a Zoom meeting. We had a, a great Zoom meeting. And I need to be able to send up, send back the, the main notes from that. Yeah. Dropping the entire transcript and asking chat to summarize this for you. Um, I think as I started this off with other talent leaders, please embrace it. Embrace it. Embrace it. Embrace it. Grow with it. Let it make your life easier. I 100% agree. It has made, I, I probably, I don't think I'm using GPT to the extent that you're using it, but I'd say that I spend at least two hours in chat GPT a week, which has been pretty eye opening and yeah. what it can help with. And you're right. It's like the summer summarizing, like I'll take the transcripts from the best moments of every episode and feed it into chat GPT and say like, Hey, write a summary of this text in bullet points. And it does such a good job of organizing information and making it easier to repurpose. Like as a podcast, I need to repurpose this information for social posts or for 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 newsletters or for, for blog posts or for whatever. It's saving me so much time. So I agree. Embrace it. Well, and I you gotta I gotta believe that at a certain point, Roz, from a recruitment standpoint, if we have a culture that embraces AI. You know, I want people that know how to use these tools and it, it, I can almost see this being a requirement at some point in time. We're probably not there yet, but that's why I'm doing it. Because if, if, you know, me and a peer are essentially doing the same thing, except the peer is using chat GPT and creating 50 to 80% product productivity gain just from using, getting a, a better starting point then I feel like I'm at a comparative disadvantage. Like I gotta, I gotta skill up on this thing. Right on. I remember, so let me remind me, OpenAI, I think came out like November, right? With ChatGPT yep. mm -hmm. and it kind of exploded and like April and March, it kind of came out of the dungeon and into the light and everyone was so excited about it. And I remember at first I had the same reaction as a lot of TA leaders and one of my sources was like, hey, we gotta make sure what if candidates are using this and if they they cheat with it and the engineering leader was the first person to take my perspective on this and he was like oh if they're using it i want to know how what prompts did they ask to get the right output and i was like huh didn't expect that perspective and that's actually what changed my viewpoint was like hey there's actually something here because thing about anything we're talking about right ai it's not just coming out of thin air you still have to provoke it or prompt it in this way to actually get the output that you're looking for. And so I, I love the explosion of the new job title, the prompt engineer. We've all seen that one out there now. And I'm just excited to see how it continues to change and evolve. You know, it's going to be great. It's going to be, I think in my lifetime, now I'm going to tell everybody how old I am. Uh, up until now, to me, the coolest thing was the internet. All right. That sweet dial up sound, being able to hop on AOL instant messenger. <laughs> Just aim that little sound that you heard was like the coolest thing. Yes, to all of the above. <laughs> and now I'm living through AI. It's going to be a time, Daniel and Steve, when we're all old and retired. And we can talk about like, remember when AI first came out? Right? We were there. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be one of those moments for us. Yeah. The kids have it so easy these days. <laughs> and and it's funny. This will be my last, you know, the last anecdote on, on GPT because we're running out of time. But my mom is a realtor and she needed to create a description of one of her listings. And you start with, I can't, I don't know the, the, the proper terminology, but like you have this like 
Google Doc with all of this information. And from this information, usually realtors will go in and write their own description from that info. And my mom was like, hey, I've heard from coworkers that, uh, or colleagues that I can save a lot of time by feeding GPT and it'll spit out like a really good description. She's like, can you show me how to do this? And I was like, sure. So we set up a Zoom call. I had to uh, show her how to share her screen on Zoom. Once uh, once she did that, she uh, I, I, I helped her sign up for a ChatGPT account. I then helped her put together a prompt and get the information in there. And she clicked enter. And just to see like the look on her face, like it was uh, like she was giddy. She was like amazed. She was like, wow, this is going to save me so much time. She was like, thank you so much for for showing me how to do this. She's like, I should have recorded this because I'm going to forget how to do this the next time. But I think like whenever I start to see, you know, my parents adopting this new technology and embracing it, I'm like, this is this is definitely here to stay. Like, this is Shout just the beginning. Shout out to Daniel's mom of being the example of what it means to like adopt and embrace that change. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and Linda's trying to say on top of the president's club because she's in sales and she does well. So. well. Why don't you give me her name? We might need to connect with her. Yeah, I, I can give you her name afterwards. Well, her name's Belinda and she's our biggest listener. So she's probably listening to this right now. All right. So we have, I think, four minutes left. And the last segment of every episode is rapid fire questions. So we ask every guest the same list of questions. And yeah, let's do it. So question one. How do you define a modern people leader? What are the traits and characteristics? Uh, in tuned, engaged, aware, data informed, and a legit sneaker game. You can't be a modern people leader without sne- good sneakers. I I agree, and <laughs> that will that no, will sweet. justify all of my sneaker purchases going forward. I'll I'll tell my wife. If I want to be on brand with the modern people leader, I have to keep investing in new sneakers. Yes. All right. Question two. If you could go back in time and talk to a 22-year-old Roz, what career advice would you give yourself and why? Love this question. Um, 22-year-old Roz. It's going to be, girl, come out of the closet. The sooner that you can come out of the closet, the sooner that you can spend less energy on masking and hiding and more energy on unlocking the potential of your, your craft. Love it. Great advice. All right. Last question. Is there anything that you believe to be true about the world of work, but don't yet have the data to support? Ooh, good question. I ooh, don't have data to support. Um, I believe when we do decide to do some data around the last couple of years, 2019 to 2023, and we survey all those folks who did not return to office, I believe there will be some wealth upside, economic upside to folks who did not have to relocate. I want to know what that investment looked like, right? Um, I think there's a wealth play here. I don't have any data to prove it yet, but people not having to switch jobs probably set them on a different trajectory financially than those that did. Interesting. Interesting. I would love to see those results. I mean, just think about it. When you relocate, you know, there's a lot of it's upfront fun. costs, you know, with whether you're paying a deposit on the rent or buying a new home and putting a lot of money down, you know, moving your family, your car, your stuff. What if you could take that same amount of money and put it in a high interest savings or a CD or something different? I think there's a story here that we'll find out years from now that might might turn the lights on to that. It checks out. It checks out. But um more to come on that one and unfortunately you know that brings us to to the end we have a couple questions before we officially wrap up uh you know you we've had the 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 we've been blessed to have you on the show today because bernard said we had to have you on the show so the next question is really really important one for for us and for our audience and so you know you you've You've done a lot of things in the people space. You've worked with a lot of uh, amazing individuals, I bet. Who's the one or two um, individuals that we should have on the show? Who do we have to showcase on the Modern People Leader? Pressure. Uh, I know I gave a, a shout out to my peer, Karina, at Zillow. I think she would be awesome. I do want to add, you know, um, 
Jamila Bryant. She is the vice president of talent acquisition at F5 Networks. And what I love about her background is it's not a traditional TA leader background. It's, I think she comes from operations. And so whenever I talk with her, I am so intrigued at how she approaches problems. Um, I think she'd be a great voice for this podcast. Love it. Well, thank you. We would be, it would be an honor to have her on or either of the the recs that you gave us. So we'll follow up with them. And that brings us to our final tradition on the modern people leader, one word or phrase close. We all respond with a word or a few words uh, that just, you know, as we reflect on the conversation, we want to close things with. Ooh, good one. Um, you know, it, it speaks true to me and Zillow and I'm going to, I'm going to use my grandpa's phrase here. Um, and that's in life. You only have two things, your word and your work, and they both have to be good. And I try to live every day by that. And I love that the work that we do at Zillow reflects that too. That's strong. That is really strong. Steven, do you want to follow that or do you, or should I go next? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll go next. I'll go next. I'm going to go with family. I feel like we had a real family vibe. I Like you have felt like family, like modern people leader family, Roz. So thank you for, you know, a, uh, for being vulnerable and open with us. And, uh, you know, we talked a lot about family cousins and, you know, family members and just the power of, you know, these different working models can have, um, so that's what I'm going to go with, family. Yeah, I'm going to go with embrace the change. You know, from from cloud HQ to embracing AI, uh, it feels like Zillow is really leaning in, embracing the change, and you personally are leaning in and embracing the change. So for all of the listeners out there that are maybe you know nervous, uh, afraid to 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 lean in and embrace the change, just do it. Just do yeah. it. We're in this together. We're in this together. So love it. Well, thank you so much, Roz, for joining us today. It was an amazing conversation. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for, for tuning in to another episode of the Modern People Leader. We we really, really appreciate it. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star rating. It would mean the world to us. And connect with us on LinkedIn. We wanna we wanna know what you think about the show. And uh, yeah, you can you can find links to both of our profiles in the show notes. So thanks again for listening and, and see you on the next episode.